Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Give them a clap again. I'll tell you, I'm so grateful for all of them. Sharing. Praise the Lord. I'd like for you to go to the Word of God in Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll start with verse 9. These are letters in red, if you'll notice. Uh, the words that Jesus himself has spoken. And his disciples, putting it in context, his disciples have seen him in various different ways, various different times in his life. One of the common elements of the life of Jesus is always, whenever he has time, he will be praying. So the disciples come to him. Uh, this is presented in several Gospels, not just in Matthew, but I chose Matthew. Uh, the disciples say, Master, teach us to pray. So that's in verse 9 onwards it says, Jesus is speaking now. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And this is not necessarily something we are supposed to memorize because he just says this is the pattern in which you can pray. That's what most scholars Interpret that, I mean, you, if you want to, you can memorize it and say it. that way it's the precious, the words of Jesus. But the thoughts behind them are important to us. And one of the first things that just really, and compared to all other spiritual movements, this is mind-blowing. That that is the greatest, one of the greatest truths ever that matters for you now and for eternity when the doors, when one day you go to the heavenly glory and you're welcome. It is on the basis of Jesus, of his blood, of his voice, of what he has taught us. But the, for this lifetime, it is amazing. We begin that prayer with Father, our Father. So we know that we know that we know that you belong to a family. When you say Father, that means there's a head of the family. He's Father God. And therefore, you are adopted. You are not an orphan. And that's a revolutionary 
thought when compared to a lot of other movements that keep you apart. Here in this, there's an apartness from God. But here, it's not talking about a distance. In fact, it is such a close thing. I mean, your father loves you. The ideal father out there always. There are some examples of those who failed in their duties. They were either in addiction or in prison. They were whatever happened to them. But a typical, a good father totally cares for his children. Know today, therefore, by revelation, not just the scriptures, but it let it speak to your heart that let no one can separate you from the love of God. God the Father, our Father, you are adopted, you belong, you're part of a family. So whatever in your past you've gone through, hurt, pain, whatever, you come to Jesus. And through Jesus, you are adopted, you belong. Say, I belong. I'm not an orphan. I am part of a family. And it's on the shed, basis again of the shed blood of Jesus. So grace has come to you. And God has put a shield of protection around you. The accuser of the brethren has been silenced. He's been accusing however way. Well, he has never been born again. He has, this has never confessed. He's different things. As we go to this prayer, or just simply go to the Lord in prayer, it recognizes that I need help, that you need help, that whatever assistance you need is provided by the Lord. And he is there. And his, his leadership, his guidance is available to you. And we are saying, by saying the prayer, you're saying, and it's good to confess, Lord, I cannot do this by myself. I need your help. One of the, I remember first times ever that I, I was so desperate. I was first time ever I traveled outside of my country of Kenya where I had full scholarship a university and then when I was going to exchange flights or change flights in New York I was told I had no ticket to go from New York to Dallas and I was terrified I'm just a recent school graduate never been out I just had seven but seven dollars only cash in my on my person <laughs> And I had never been in a city like New York City. I had never seen that many cars and that big a crowd like in New York airport is totally, I mean, you know, so many thousands of people going back and forth and this bus and that vehicle. And I mean, it's limousines going to it. And in the middle of it, I go to the stand and present my papers and he says sorry you you don't have a ticket from here to Dallas and it was all the fault of the people who changed uh, who renewed my ticket in London England 
And I am so terrified. I'm all alone, $7 in my pocket. And I have no idea uh, what I'm supposed to do. I'm practically a kid. I'm, I haven't been outside my, my nation. Uh, and suddenly I hear a biggest slap on my body and I turn around and here's the, one of the tallest men I've ever seen wearing a big cowboy hat. How are you doing, partner? You look like you're confused. And I said, they say I don't have a ticket. He slapped me again and said, I'll take care of this. And he went and he came back grinning. So you're going with me. Just take along. And, and he, he said, I have a ticket also to Dallas. I don't know how he did. But I just followed him and went onto the airplane. Didn't question anything. And uh, sat, sat with him. And all the way on the trip from New York to Dallas, he kept grinning at me. Sitting back, grinning. And uh, then I was, you know, come down on, uh, at Dallas Airport. And some my friends, the missionaries, were there at, at the airport. At that time, they allowed people to come down to the, even into the tarmac. And this time, we had to get down on the tarmac. Uh, so the big, tall cowboy was right behind me. Uh, I thought he was following me, and he was all right there, right behind me. And as I was stepping on the walkway, I looked, and he had disappeared. He was not there, <laughs> and I realized God had sent one of his angels to take care of one of his disciples. And I'll never forget just the assurance and the comfort as he had appointed one of his servants to come and sit, <laughs> help <laughs> one who was so ignorant. And I, when I was rescued, and uh, no, we cannot do it ourselves. Often, we need the help, and we need supernatural help. So, as we approach the Lord's Prayer, we realize, and we, it's in the context of, I cannot do it by myself. And uh, many, many things in your regular life, I want to confess, I cannot do it by myself. You cannot do it by yourself. You need the supernatural help of God. So it's good for us to go to the Lord and say, Our Father, who are, or my Father too, in our Father is my Father. And holy is your name. We're to be revered. Thank you. Thank you. Hallowed be thy name. And I release everything to God. Lord, you are in charge, and my life belongs to you. Uh, and this is the prayer modeled by Jesus by which we communicate with God. Therefore, as we make connection with the Lord 
this is one of the model prayers Jesus has given us that it unleashes the power of God. It's always there. And may you have a fresh unleashing of the God's power. May your children have a fresh unleashing that is not locked up. I'm not full of fear or nervous. I see. We're going to go for it. Go for the promises. And we claim promises of God for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. May they never miss the blessing of God, the salvation of Jesus. And as we look to the Lord in prayer, the prayer is the key here. That prayer, as you cultivate prayer, you're cultivating miracles. And that it is a key for miracle after miracle to be released in. That's the supernatural blessing of of God for your family. That whatever was in the past, we have pleaded, I have pleaded, their father, their mother of those parents, of those kids, they have looked and the blood of Jesus is covering them. And miracle after miracle is going to be unleashed. Whenever they need miracles, they're going to be there. The anointing, when I pray, the anointing is there and unleashing the power of God. And you are in every way possible, you are a pipeline for the power of God to come into that situation. So take every opportunity in the coming days that when God opens the door, whether wherever you are, may God use you as a beautiful supernatural a hose, a, a pipe for the glory of God to penetrate in that situation. Prayer cultivates miracles, therefore, and it brings about change. When you are there and you are praying, you are bringing about supernatural change in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, you. Amen, Pastor. Thinking even about um, our prayers together in the watch on Friday and we ended with like a lengthy proclamation and prayer of covering and blessing for our children and for all the children of the families of this church and yesterday afternoon some of the children of the families of this church were in a local mall here the Carolina Place Mall when two Lawless men with darkened minds and hearts had decided to have a shootout with one another in that packed public place. And by the grace of God, the children were all covered and delivered. And we're so thankful for that. So prayer is a legislative act. And it is the unique authority and privilege 
and power, as you said, that is given only to the church of Jesus Christ. I appreciate so much Rich's prophetic word about the apostolic church being in an intercessory place of authority for nations, not just for ourselves individually, but for our nations. And in this opening line, uh, it's like a doorway. It's like a threshold. Our father, as, as pastor said, of recognizing we have a communal identity, first of all. He is our father. And father speaks of the author of something, the author of our life, the author of our families, the author of creation. And recogn we recognize in it that we are his creatures. We were made by him. And that's something that's very important. The author of something is the one who authorizes others, who has all authority, and then bestows that authority. And uniquely, that place is given to the church. So even praying this prayer is something that is a unique privilege and uh, a moment of empowerment. And we know that in John 1, Jesus said to as many as received him, received Jesus, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. So this prayer, though it's used in many ways in many places, is actually the prayer that can only truly be prayed by those who have been born again, born into the family of God through the work of Jesus and through faith in that work. And so the, the Lord's prayer is something that is beautiful and powerful and uniquely ours by inheritance. And may the Lord give us each a new sense of presence and joy in renewing this simple prayer. Uh, in it, when it, he, he prays, give us this day our daily bread, it was in the context of the Jewish uh, religion and practices and daily prayer was an obligation and every Jewish man had to appear before God in prayer and it, uh, they did something every day called the Amidah, which means the standing prayer. And it was to that that Jesus was actually referring to his disciples who understood that this was the way of life, and particularly for Jewish men. We see in um, Luke 18, and I, I just I want to I just want to read it. It says that Jesus interestingly enough he says this right after he talks about you remember the story of the widow and the unrighteous judge and so he's he's talking about prayer being something that is judiciary that it is legislative that it is the mediator of justice which is something again church that we hold a unique place before God to make intercession for true justice to be done. So he tells us the parable or the story of the widow and the unrighteous judge and how she, her continual knocking, her continual pleas finally adjudicated righteousness for her own case before the judge. But then he says, um, will God not avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night? though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
Will he really find faith on the earth? So recognize that when you pray this simple prayer, you are exercising a kind of faith that is in anticipation of the appearing of the Lord Jesus. And then it says also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, as pastors has been um, encouraging us. And that beautiful story about being completely helpless as a young man, and suddenly there was someone bigger and stronger than you that was there to take you on your destination. And Jesus has come in that way to all of us. God has ordained that we be reconciled with him, that we live immortally, eternally, that we enjoy all of the privileges and rewards of the very Son of God. But we can't get to that destination. We can't get to that Dallas without our Jesus coming, our big brother coming along to take us there, to pay the price, to give us the ticket, if you will, and take us there. And so he says, um, he, he spoke this to some around who were listening that apparently were trusting in their religious obligations to actually make them righteous. And he said, and in that we're being, you know, um, self-righteous towards people who maybe they didn't see them every day in the temple standing in the morning to pray. And so he says this, two men went up to the temple to pray and he's speaking of that obligation of the morning prayer when everyone would the men would be going to the temple one pharisee and one tax collector and these men would have come into the temple and crossed the temple uh, floor passing by the many lambs that were being slain and the blood was being shed those innocent lives being shed. So they would have walked through this atmosphere and come to the place of prayer. And they would be standing there praying the Amidah, the standing prayer, which consisted of 18 benedictions. So it was quite lengthy and you would have to spend quite a time there. And so when Jesus actually, when, when his disciples said, teach us to pray, he was doing something that many of the rabbis did and they would give their disciples their version, if you will, of this lengthy prayer that could be prayed instead of standing for a long time by rote, many memorizations. And um, part of the context, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, was again, the Jewish recognition that God provides daily. And it threw them back to the remembrance of the great miracles in the wilderness when God would give manna every single day enough for the day so it, it's a beautiful um embodiment of, of so many things so anyway he says here the pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself god i thank you that i'm not like other men extortioners unjust adulterers or even this tax collector I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And recognize that he had just had this experience of seeing that innocent lambs were being shed for his sins. This, this tax collector. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. 
For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Um, the, we've been meditating, Pastor and I have been meditating on the Lord's Prayer this, this week. And um, for me, there are a number of additional things that each one of these words just sparks in my mind and my heart. When we pray our Father, that communal identity to the author of our life uh, through Jesus Christ, who, speaking of a person, so it really personalizes this moment in prayer, is, it's a word that speaks to us of the eternal existent reality that God is, he is, and he is present in heaven a higher realm, a supernatural connection to this earth by praying this prayer, by being uh, connected to him as our father. And as Mahesh said, holy is your name, set apart to be revered. And certainly in the hour that we live in, and particularly in the West, God's name is not revered. It's not holy, but it is uniquely the atmosphere of the church in the earth that retains that living temple where God can visit the earth. And it is, again, through the prayers of God's people. Holy is your name. And then, of course, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I thought again of Psalm 40, uh, that prophetic saying of Jesus where he said sacrifice and offerings. In other words, all of those lambs and all of those bulls and the red heifer and all of those things can't redeem or, or save. They were placeholders, if you will, recognizing that blood had to be shed for this redemption price, and that was to come in the Messiah. And so Jesus comes, but it, uh, in Psalms, the Spirit of Christ prophesies through David, and he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired. Lo, in the roll of the book, it is written of me. I come, I delight to do your will. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's us together with Christ literally embodying that reality that God has sons in the earth who are connected to him in harmony, that God would reign and do his righteous work, his just work, his glorious work, his redemptive work in the earth. It's a legislative petition. And then um, one of the other thoughts that I had is that it goes on here um, in this very next verse in Luke where Jesus calls little children to him. And if you look, the, uh, another place where it mentions that he, then he called the little children to them, it's over in Matthew 18. And it's interesting because Matthew 18 is, again, talking about prayer. And that is, um, it, it's speaking of the legislative context. And in Matthew 18, um, he begins to talk about uh, discipline in the church, discipline in the community that identifies with God as Father. And he brings in this thing that we use a lot, that, that saying about whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind, whatever you loose on earth. Um, I'll just read it, Matthew 18, 16. It says, and, and this is literally speaking about dealing with offenses and with sin, 
which I'm not sure that we remember that when we use that scripture, but it, it spoke to me in a new way. Um, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or more, one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And what Jesus was saying again, and his disciples recognized it, was from Deuteronomy 11 and Deuteronomy 17, where it's talking about God the judge in the midst of his community, uh, bringing the society into harmony with one another and how you deal with accusations and legal cases and all of that. And you had to have two or three witnesses in order for a thing to be settled. And that's what Jesus was referring to, that um, two or three witnesses, that every word may be established. And it goes on to say, assuredly, well, it's funny because the next thing he says, he mentioned a heathen and a tax collector. <laughs> but then he said, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So we recognize that literally our testimony has tremendous power to adjudicate unrighteousness and to settle things that cannot otherwise be settled. And so may the Lord give us a refreshed sense of authority and wholeness as we pray our simple prayers. And certainly may the Lord's prayer not be something that is just rote for us, but a refreshed, simple, frankly, quick way to stand before God and uh, be there as his witness in the earth, be that channel of power, pastor, that you were speaking of, accomplish these many real living things in the supernatural realm by saying, by praying these simple words. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And once again, I know certainly that last Friday, on Friday night, as we agreed and prayed a covering for our children, prayed for our law enforcement, prayed for our city, little did we know that within a few hours, right here within a few minutes of where this living temple was gathered in prayer, there would be what could have potentially been a terrible disaster in the loss of many human lives. So be encouraged, church. Sons and daughters of God, we have the unique privilege, authority, and power of praying to our Father in the name of Jesus and knowing and believing that he indeed hears us and we have what we ask. Amen. And it's, even though we are praying, the more we pray, in context also. Not to think of ourselves only as individuals. That was part of the charismatic outpouring 
the Holy Spirit was individual, but also corporate in the sense there was amazing electricity. As I remember when we got together as corporate, the mistake was the thinking the Holy Spirit came for me. I don't know about you, but for me, I know. Oh, no. There is this thing of saying the Lord's Prayer. It's ideally, if we do it with others, it's, it's even more helpful. And see what's happening. In Sometimes you can see it. Sometimes the Lord just gives you clues. But right here also, we had the clouds of glory start coming. People would get, I mean, and I don't know when he, he, he will do it again. We have waves, uh, the waves of glory. But there's a scripture here in Second Chronicles 5. I love this one of my favorites. It says uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves and the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph, Haman, Jaduthan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass. See, by the way, this is, I hope you're not allergic to noise because of the vast number of trumpets and clanging cymbals and people shouting. It came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound, say one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord. Say praise the Lord. The Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let's say, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. I'm not, not only just speaking over me, over you, your, your voice covering you, but it's, it's for all of us. God is good to you. And he's going to show you his mercy. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Say filled with a cloud. So part of the equation is as you pray, God's presence is coming. So that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So that's, that's the presence as we, we are conscious of it. And you'll find some people zapped by the living presence of God. We believe that. We receive that. And what happens is where there is massive, triumphant praise, Satan is paralyzed. And the more we praise him, the more he is paralyzed and then banished. Praise does that. The fruit of our lips does that. 
So, even in our public gatherings, Friday or Sunday mornings, and sometimes at our conferences, uh, that the powers of the enemy are being banished. And doing that at home too, that we are in agreement as you pray, and as you praise, the powers of darkness get nervous, and then they get the message, get out of here. Because the, the Lord, He is being praised. And His cloud of glory is coming over you. The anointing is going with you. <clears throat> we are going to, as loudly as we can, when we have time, I mean, when we are giving time to praise and worship, that it'll be with all our heart. And that the more we do it, the more the enemy is being banished. We see here, this was a strategic gathering. The singers, the priests, the Levites, making big noise, trumpeters, and singers. They even trained and they know that's their job. But what were they doing? They were filling that land, filling Jerusalem and its surroundings with the praises of the living God. And it's praise, the power of praise, I believe, often not only binds the enemy, as Bonnie shared about the binding and the loosing, but massive, triumphant praise we see here paralyzes the devil. And then, and we see this in Second Chronicles 20 and other places, the enemy is bound. And even the surrounding army, see, this is a type for us that you can say, like Elisha said, Lord, blind them. He didn't say kill them. But they were bound. And they could, their vision was Basically, they were blind. And the more we praise, the more the enemy is deactivated. So he is not only bound, but he cannot mess around with your situation. And your children, if God is intended to bless your children, they will be blessed and they will be promoted. And God will show favor. I mean, that's part of your job, I want you to know, is to intercede for your family. Intercede for your church members. Intercede for your neighbor. Wherever they are uh, being attacked, bind the power of darkness and release. Release. That's part of the theme that we had on Friday night. We're going to release a whole activity angelic activity around us so God will do mighty things. You don't have to give big lectures, but just you will be reverberating with the glory presence. And that glory does something that you cannot imagine. Amazing blessing that God is releasing. So may each of us receive an impartation from the glory as we keep contact the Lord's Prayer is one of the creed, one of the examples that we, this is what we do 
and it keeps us connected to the living God. And part of it we see is praise and that awesome praise. It keeps the enemy banished from your territory and where you are actively or your child is actively involved in a school, whatever, you can like this uh, child, one of the children in the fellowship. It wasn't we didn't know, they didn't know that one of their sons, uh, that one of their sons would go to the mall. The mall, mall was going to be shots were being fired right in the crowd, and I would not be happy to know my my son or my daughter were right there in the middle of it. So our praying ahead of time, Lord, cover our children. Lord, give them protection. How do we know that there were going to be shooters there? But we're going to pray that atmosphere over our where you live. It's going to be sanctified. The enemy is going to be bound. He cannot mess around trying to kill shoot at and be anywhere near our children in the name of Jesus. So this is, uh, it really inspires us. We're going to keep on exploring, keep on praying, keep on praising the Lord. And then also among the things that when we can may continue to see uh, at some other time, continue to meditate on the Lord's prayer. But it's uh, forgive those as they forgive you, forgive, forgive your neighbor, forgive them, and let loose the atmosphere of forgiveness and healing, reconciliation in families. Uh, one of the things that's, that say that is desperately needed in certain areas of whether it's Portland or whether it's Minneapolis, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Charlotte, they say there is a plague of fatherhood that in many areas, vast percents of the population, the kids are growing up fatherless. And without father and mother, it's like they are orphaned. And there is an orphan spirit that reacts and does some of the most dumbest things. And Satan is not clear, very clever and is demons, we think you may, they may be clever in one area only. But we have to proclaim the name. Of, the more we praise the name of Jesus, the more the enemy is bound. The more we get crazy passionate about shouting the glory of Jesus Christ, the more the atmosphere is cleansed and we're kicking the devil out of that area. So whether individual, may you be inspired and blessed individual prayer, or whether we do corporate praise. And I love being with a lot of other people saying, wow, Lord, you're awesome. Praise you, Jesus. Let your glory cloud come here and bless every section of my family, every one here in the church. Lord, thank you that your presence is with us. Amen. So we're going to Ask the Lord and His atmosphere to come over us 
and commission you to be even more anointed. Uh, be more anointed in banishing the enemy, Amen. praising the name of Jesus, and letting you be an instrument of glory. Hallelujah. Let your house be filled with glory. Let your car be filled with glory. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm thinking of another testimony. Some of you may not have had an opportunity to hear it, but um, last week in the watch, the Lord really gave us an apostolic prayer concerning the drug cartels and uh, the empowerment of law enforcement to bring some of these cartel leaders to justice. And as you know, in the realm of prayer, we are present in many places in the spirit. But um, one of the watchmen watching online uh, wrote in um, a testimony that literally within the week after that prayer during Friday, a wonderful testimony of uh, a big arrest that happened in Polk County where that particular watchman lives and had been praying in that jurisdiction. And so once again, it was you know that thing of the communal prayer, the legislative authority of it, and as sons and daughters praying um, to the Lord. And um, pastor, if you will, I in meditating on the Lord's prayer, um, this week, I, I had a, have had a vision, John, um, for you, and I, it was like I could hear you in your heart um, with this prayer, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your will be done, so on and so forth. And the vision that I kept seeing was that of a key being inserted into the lock of a door that you were standing in front of, a closed door. And so I am encouraging you that there is a door open for you by your heavenly Father. And that as you pray and believe, there, I believe, more than one thing is going to be unlocked. But we just bless you and want to encourage you again that the Lord is with you and he is hearing your prayers. So, amen. Thank amen. you, Pastor. So, one of the first thoughts I began with, and I just want to wind that up, that you are not just floating out there, that you belong, you have a Father, Heavenly Father, who loves you, and is in the Spirit leading you. He has given you His Word. It says here, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, O daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. So it's the Holy Spirit himself who is confirming your identity, your adoption. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. I'm a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. 
Let's stand. Thank you, Father. Pray the Father's prayer. Let's pray it together. You. The Lord's prayer. Sure. Amen. Can we do that? So I guess the way to do it. Do you want to lead it, Pastor, or do you want me to? Uh, why don't you lead us? Okay, I will. Let's say it together. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the and kingdom. And the power. And the power. And the glory. And the glory. Forever and ever. Forever and Amen. ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know Jenna has a song for us. I'm going to ask our, some of our prayer warriors who asked, come up here and stand and if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, be adopted officially. You can, as they come up, I encourage you to come and let them pray for you. And uh, come on up, give your life to Jesus. Or you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that comes and makes you fully assured you are adopted, you belong to the family of God. If you need, you have a need in your life, you have a major need, you need someone to agree with you in prayer, come on up. If you're being bothered by some kind of spirit, we'll agree in prayer for deliverance in Jesus' name. So come on up as Jenna is going to lead us in prayer. No, in worship. We will pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.